College Football Nation, we are back. We are back with another week of making some money. We've been hot. We have been red hot. Um, just a little recap. Last week, uh, I hit for second place in the biggest GPP and fourth place. I had two lineups in the top five uh, for a little over 25K. Um I'm seeing, we're seeing it well right now. I think this week there's some really clear targets that we're going to go after. So I'm going to be going right back after it. Uh, and, and we can dive right in. I think we're going to do a similar model that we did last week where we'll kind of go through each team, uh, try and keep it on the quicker end, really just highlight you know where uh, we can find some success from a DFS angle and go from there. So for this upcoming week, um, oh, I guess to, to quickly recap last week, uh, I think we, we had some really strong plays. We were all over, um, which kind of helped us hit. So, uh, the, you know, we liked a lot of the guys, you know, Mouth, thanks for joining. I know you guys were, were on hooker. Um, you know, I was definitely on both running backs. Scott was a bit of a disappointment, but Evans went completely off. Uh, Robinson on Texas went completely off, which we were obviously all over, um, Oh, I even had some. We had some exposure to the Rutgers passing game and Aaron Krushank, who had a monster game. I loved the Ohio State passing game last week, which went off, and they were super low owned. So, um, you know, that was definitely the 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 good hits from last week. So, how are we going to do that again? How are we going to replicate last week's week's success? So, to me, this week it seems like it's an obvious week. There's a few games to really target. The one that sticks out like a sore thumb is Virginia Louisville. Louisville's defense doesn't seem very good, and, and Malik Cunningham might be the best, at least one of the best players in the country who is Louisville's quarterback. So uh, I think that's going to be a super high-paced, high-scoring game. We want to have some shares there, and the prices are reasonable. I don't think, other than you know Malik Cunningham being pretty expensive, the other options in that game are within reason. Then um, some of the games I like, you know, the Oklahoma-Texas game tends to be, the Red River shooter tends to be pretty high-scoring. They both have some high octane offensive players, but they both are very flawed. Um, obviously this isn't the same Oklahoma team we've been used to seeing. They haven't been putting up points. Texas loves to run the ball and, and Oklahoma's biggest strength is stopping the run. I actually have a feeling this might be a lower scoring game than, than people are anticipating. So um, there's some plays there that I'll, I'll definitely kind of go over, but this night might be as big a shooter as you would think. One of my favorite games to stack and to play for DFS purposes is going to be Maryland, Ohio state. Uh, the kind of thing that makes me nervous is Maryland's best receiver is hurt, not playing. So you're, you know, the prices are great, which is great. You know, the backup receivers are not expensive. Um, but how much will that affect their offense? Not having it. So to be determined. So let's, let's start, let's go through, we're going to go through all the depth charts. Like we always do. I'll get it started on the first game on the slate. Um, it's going to be South Carolina and Tennessee. So, let me switch screens here so you guys can see what I'm looking at. Looking here on South Carolina, they're okay defensive team. Luke Doty might run a little bit. At 5,500, I think his price is certainly fair enough where you can play him. Um, but I'm not looking to get too many shares into this game. I just don't – I know a lot of you guys, I know Miles especially loves Tennessee. So for those of you who like Tennessee, I can see it, and I'm not opposed to it, but not going to be my number one target. I think the best play here – would be Kevin Harris, which would be South Carolina's running back. Um, you know, so he gets a lot of volume, so he could break a couple off. Other than that, I'm not going to be too interested in the passing game. If I did go anywhere, it would probably be Josh Van at 4,700. Uh, but other than that, I would say 
uh, probably not going to be playing too much exposure. On the Tennessee side, I think uh, Hooker is definitely in play because of his rushing upside. Um, I don't love his price. I think we can do better in this price range. But, you know, Hooker is definitely someone who will be in play in this game. Let's not forget South Carolina is better defensively than offensively. This may be slower paced, but um, there's some options. I think I'm done with rolling the bikes on small. If you're going to play a running back, it would be Evans. I just think we can do better at this price. I think he's priced up after last week's monster performance when he played Missouri. He's one of the worst rushes in the league. I think you're going to step up in classic in South Carolina. Um, and then at receiver, I'm really just not too interested here. I'm probably going to fade completely. We'll head over to this Oklahoma, the Red River Showdown, the big rivalry game of the week. This is probably the game of the week. Um, you know, the question is, what do you do with Spencer Rattler? At this point, I thought last week it was a good time to go there. And, like, you know, he, he, you think he was in the Heisman hopeful. You know, maybe it's just a matter of time until he turns it around. At this point, I think we need to see it before we go back. This would be the game. You know, there's going to be every trick play and everything they have, all their plays are designed – to win this game. So if he's going to go off, it's here. So if you want to take a shot on that, they've priced him down to 8,300 where, you know, he's affordable. I'd be okay with it, but you know, Texas wants to run the ball, bleed clock. I just don't see this being the shootout that, um, you know, we've seen in years past and the running game. I think Kennedy Brooks has taken over for Eric through Eric Gray. Gray is still involved, but Brooks seems to be the main guy now at 5,100. He's absolutely in play. He also gets the goal line carry. So we're looking for touchdowns out of our backs. He's the more likely to get them. So he's certainly affordable. So I think I would prefer actually Brooks than the, than going Rattler because um, if they do score, hopefully he runs one or two in at 5,100. That's a super affordable price tag. And then on the receiver end, I think Mims is underpriced there. If you want to go anywhere, I think we can definitely look at Mims at 4,400. You don't have to play him with Rattler. I think we can play him alone. They finally started getting him the ball last week. He had a better game at $4,400 with the upside that he has. I'm definitely going to take some shots there. And then I think any of these other, you know, Mario Williams, Hasselwood, they're in play. I wouldn't play a lot of them. Just they spread the ball out so much. If I go anywhere, I like Mims the most. But for the most part, um, that's probably – all I'll be looking at from the Oklahoma passing game. From the Texas side, um, listen, B. John Robinson might be the best. He probably is the best running back in the country. But at 9,300, you have to pay for it. He has to go so off for it to be worth that price tag. And Oklahoma's run defense is pretty strong. So I'm out. I don't think I want to play this much. I know you know you're probably, people are probably have their eyes big with Bijan after last week's game. But this is a different team, a different matchup. I don't think he's going to go as off as he did. So I, I think we can do better with, with how we spend our cash than on 9,300 on a running back. Um, I do think the receivers are interesting. I think Jordan Whittington, uh, if I'm right, that you know they, they do a good job bottling up Robinson. They'll have to go somewhere, and they like to throw to Whittington. So I think, you know, while I would have liked to have seen Whittington a little less expensive, I think that's a, a bit steep for him, I do think he could have a big game in him. So I'll have a little bit of exposure to Whittington. If you wanted to pivot from Whittington, I think the plays Xavier Worthy at 5,000. He's more of the deep play threat, big game, very boomer bust. But um, those would be the two receivers I would target on the Texas side. Now let's head over to this Arkansas Ole Miss game. Um, this one could be interesting. I just can't wrap my head around playing a $10,000 Matt Corral, honestly. He's great. He's what, maybe the best player in the country for college. Um, it's, just, it's just so hard to build a lineup. Like, 
even if he is the highest scorer, if you know some middle tier quarterback gets within ten points of him, think how much more you can do with the salary savings, right? So, um, you know, I just I just can't stomach that price tag for Corral. For Jefferson, I'm in. You know, if the game script or game flow is that you know Ole Miss scores forty something points and Arkansas has got to try and keep up, I think Jefferson could be interesting. He's not a he's an okay passer, but he can also run, which makes him really. Um, you know, dual threat is, is super valuable in college. At sixty nine hundred, I think it's it's a it's a reasonable price tag. So I think you're getting a good number and what should be a fast paced game. So I'm okay with KJ Jefferson. Um, I actually think I would prefer Traylon Smith on the uh, on the Arkansas side. I think fifty three hundred is a really good number for him. Uh, again, I think there's going to be points to be had in this game. We just watched Alabama's running back completely tear them up. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't think Traylon Smith is anywhere near an Alabama running back level, but I do think he could get to value at 5,300. So I think that's a good play there. And uh, and then the receiver, the guy to go with here would be Traylon Burks. Um, again, I don't love the receivers here. I do think Burks is a little bit overpriced for what he does for us. If you're gonna, if you want to stack Jefferson, Burks would be our guy. But for the most part, I wouldn't be too interested in the rest of this passing game. Over on the Ole Miss side, um, I already talked to Corral. I just think he's a little too pricey. He might be the highest scorer in the slate, but at that number, it's hard to hard to build a, a winning lineup. Um, we got to get the status on Ely. If Ely doesn't play, I think that does make Parrish or Connor very, very viable at these prices. But even if Ely plays, right, he's a good number. Just with the injury concern, I'm, I don't want to take that risk. So um, there's too much of a gray area right now in this Ole Miss running game. If we get some clarity before kickoff, then that might change things. As of right now, I just it's hard to pinpoint who's going to get carries. Um, and then at receiver, Drummond's the guy at 8K. I don't think he gets. I don't think he's an 8K receiver. I think that's a little too high for him. Uh, if you are insistent on getting a corral stack with Drummond, I'd be okay with it. It's just going to be really hard to build a, a roster around that. Um, Mingo's out. You know, I think Braylon Sanders at 5,500 could be interesting as the pivot, as the next guy they're going to go to. But or Jaden Jack or one of the Jackson brothers, Jaden and and Dennis, both guys are got a little bit involved. They're both super cheap, so these are two dart throws you could throw if you want to get down to the 3K range. But I think we have better 3K options that we can go to. Now let's move over to this West Virginia Baylor game. These are two of the slower paced teams in the country. Uh, they run the least amount of two of the you know top 10 least amount of teams that run the least plays per game in the country. So they're slow paced. Uh, they both are probably defensive teams, not a great fantasy football targeting team. I would, you know, both quarterbacks are really cheap, but uh, again, low scoring game. I'm not going to be interested in any of their quarterback. Levy Brown is probably the best player in this game, but at 6,500, um, I don't think I'm going to go there. I know Levy Brown was coming off a good week, but um, I just think for 6,500, we can do better. I might have a few shares of Letty, but I'm not going to go nuts. West Virginia's got a good run D. I don't, I'm not too interested in the run game on the other side with Baylor. Um, and then the receiver side, if I were to play receiver on West Virginia, it'd be Winston Wright. He's starting to take over the target share and, and dominate from that perspective. So 5,600, you're paying up. I would have preferred him maybe a thousand dollars cheaper or in the high fours. 56, I think we're probably overpaying, so probably won't be too exposed on him. And then on the receiving end for, for Baylor, I think Taekwon Thornton's interesting at 4,600. I think that's the right number. I mean, him and Snead are both wide receiver ones. 
Um, I actually think Thornton has probably taken over that. So I think he's just a good number here. And then if you want to throw another dart throw, Drew Estrada ended up having six targets last week. He's a transfer from the Ivy League. He, it might be a case where he's better than they thought originally, and he might get more involved, where he did have a bunch of targets last week, but it was just a one-week sample. So he's a 3K range dart throw that may be on the rise, but probably unlikely, to be honest. Um, now let's, let's move over to this Maryland-Ohio State game. So to be honest, this was the first game I clicked when, uh, when I started the week. When I started looking at Maryland-Ohio State, my first thought was, was to his brother, Talia, um 6k is really cheap uh and i do think he has the upside to get you that 302 so you know even if corral has 404 302 and i get to save four thousand dollars to build the rest of my team is the probably the better route so he's probably my number one quarterback uh i know it's risky because they just lost their best receiver in demas so we're gonna go with a quarterback from Maryland who just lost his best receiver against Ohio State as our number one play. And you're probably thinking, what? But, yeah, at 6K, uh, I think this Ohio State defense is beatable. They haven't played a very dynamic quarterback yet. I think the best quarterback they've played is maybe Minnesota's, which, you know, he's not great. Um, so I think this is going to be – I think they're they're beatable. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, what kind of connection will will t- will Tagovailoa have with his, you know, newer or, I guess, secondary receivers. From the running side, I think uh, Fleet Davis is interesting. Ohio State is not going to be the worst against the run, but they're beatable. So if you want to give Fleet Davis a chance, I'm fine with that. They kind of gave up on the run last week, but they played Iowa, which is one of the best defensive teams in the country. Uh, this Ohio State team is not the same Ohio State defense of old. They're beatable. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to be bashful. I, I prefer the passing game to Maryland here than the running game, but I'm definitely okay with Fleet Davis. And then on the on the pat on the receiving end, Raheem Jarrett is the most. He's the target leader with Demas out. He's the most likely to be the number one receiver uh, at forty one hundred. He's more than affordable. He's probably he's going to be super chalky. I think a lot of people are going to play him, but he definitely makes sense. A nice pivot from him is the thought of like, hey, Ohio State's number one quarter may be able to shut him down, and they might just have to go to someone else, which I think is a fair thought process. And if you do go there, then you go down to the Jones brothers, Daryl Jones and Jayshon Jones. Um, I don't think they're actually brothers, but I'm having fun with it. Um, 34 and 3,500, that is like, come on. I think we can stack some of these guys with with uh, Tolia, and we can get so creative outside of that because we have so much salary savings. So um, I think all three of these, Joneses and Jared, are in play here. We can get real creative with how we're stacking this Maryland game. But there are some options in play. Um, over on the Ohio State side, CJ Stroud was disrespected last week. He was a big reason why I was able to take down or get second in that tournament. For some reason against Rutgers, CJ Stroud was 3% owned, which made no sense to me. And um, Matt Corral was 45% owned. This doesn't make any sense. CJ Stroud last week was in the low 8,000 range. So we got to save $1,500 and we played the better quarterback. So what I'm saying is these guys at the top, the best quarterbacks, they're definitely the best have to be so good to meet value. I mean, so good that if they don't have that four touchdown performance, they're not worth playing. So I'm okay with fading the top quarterbacks. Now, CJ has now been priced back up to a top quarterback. So last week he was an obvious play, which I don't know how he went to 3% owned. This week, um, I love the tempo. I still think he can be in play. It's just, you know, you're going to have to have a stack with two and some of these cheap receivers to be able to afford them. 
So I'll have some Stroud. I won't be overweight because of the price, but I do think he has a very high upside. My preferred Ohio State target is going to be Travion Henderson. I think this guy is becoming one of the best backs in the country. Um, they're starting to price him that way at 7500 but he's not all the way up there yet. So I still think we're actually getting a discount on Travion. So I'm going to try and get myself overweight on him. He's going to be my number one target on the Ohio State side. And then at the receiver end, I think Chris Olave is the number one guy. Garrett Wilson's very involved still, and I'm still okay with playing Garrett Wilson. I'd rather pay the 800 more for Olave. I think he's the the go-to guy, and he's the big play guy, so he might catch a few bombs, which would get him to, you know, breaking the slate value. And I also think Jackson Smith-Nigba is in play as well. They get him the ball. He's seeing targets. Um, at 5,300, if you're looking for a way to get some exposure to this game and that's all you can afford, he's definitely another option as well. Now let's move over to this Michigan State Rutgers game. Uh, Rutgers looked pretty bad against Ohio State last week. Uh, it's hard to trust this passing game, and I don't know. I can't see any reason why they would have raised Verdrell's price. I guess because Michigan State has been torched by teams all year, but um, I, I just I can't play Verdrell in good conscience, even as bad as the Michigan State secondary has been. He just hasn't looked like he has it. He has anything to close to what would be slate breaking capability. If I were to go to someone on the Rucker side, it would be Pacheco. Uh, they like to get him the ball if they if they can stay in the game. Um, I just think this gets to be a blow, which makes me hard to play him. At 4,500, he's definitely affordable enough. If you need a lower-budgeted running back, he's one of the guys that will be in play. But the game script doesn't bode well for him. On the receiver end, it's all about what's going to happen with Bo Melton. If Bo Melton plays, I think he's in play because this Michigan State team is beatable. Uh, but if he doesn't play, then I think that makes Aaron Khrushchev interesting. He did break off a big play against Ohio State, so it was less than consistently. But – I think he's ahead of Shameen Jones. So if you were to try and squeeze someone in, you can go Krushenk or Jones. I prefer Krushenk. I guess Jones is much cheaper. But again, I just, Vedril's got to show me more before I want to be too heavily exposed to anyone on Rutgers. On the Michigan State side, um, I just, yeah, Rutgers is beatable. So paying Thorne at 8,200 is probably priced a little too high. So I'm not going to look too heavily at Thorne. Uh, Kenneth Walker has got to be one of your top three backs, if not the number one. I mean, he's been killing people. 8100 is a little high, but you know he, that's probably accurate price for him. So, uh, Rutgers, you know, got beat up against the run last week against Ohio State. I get granted that's Ohio State. Miss Michigan State. This is a Michigan State team that wants to run ball. And I think they should have their way. So, I'm completely uh, in on Kenneth Walker. And then it's just hard to play Walker and Reed. So, you know, I'm probably going to lean Walker. Maybe I'll, I'll sprinkle Reed in where I can. This is a big number for Reed, but Reed's a great playmaker. So he has a lot of upside. It's just a lot of money to spend on him. So if you can afford him and fit him in, I'm okay with Reed. Um, and the next guy up for them will be Naylor, who's 6,100. Trey Mosley at 38 is maybe a, a guy you can sprinkle in. But I think Naylor is probably a little overpriced. And Mosley, you know, this doesn't get that many targets. But at 3,800, he's, he's a fine flyer to take. Well, the afternoon games and probably the this the, the DFS game of the week is Virginia-Louisville. The over-under of this game is absurd. I actually think I'll probably take the over. I just think this game script couldn't be better for either team. Neither one of them can stop a nosebleed. Um, they both have very dynamic offenses, and it's great. Like, Virginia just wants to throw the ball. They, they, they might not run a running play. I mean, they will, obviously, but like they, they just they want to throw it 50 times. So you know how you want to play them, right? You want to get receivers. You want to try and get Armstrong in there. And then Louisville's the opposite. You know, they do mix it up, but they're all, they, uh, their whole offense goes through Malik Cunningham. 
So Malik Cunningham, he's run for two touchdowns every game this year. He's two rushing touchdowns in every game this year, and that's the quarterback. So imagine playing a quarterback who gets an additional two rushing touchdowns. All he has to do is get 250 and one passing, and then he gets another two rushing. He's going to be a monster every week. So there is something in me saying, listen, what are the odds this guy runs for two touchdowns every game of the season? I don't know, but it doesn't seem like this is the game that he's going to slope him down. That's for sure. So – now you got to pay up, and I know I'm the biggest proponent of you can't spend up on quarterbacks. I won't play as much Malik Cunningham as uh, I would like because I'm going to stick true to my model of you don't play guys that are that expensive. But I'm not going to fade him. And it just you need to have exposure to this game. This game is going to be a shootout. Um, so get as much exposure here as you can. Um, Brandon Armstrong at 9200 is a little bit more affordable. I still think he's going to go off, but the same kind of concept. It's a little too high, but you got to have some exposure to this game, so I'm going to be playing both guys. From the running back side, um, on Virginia, I think Mike Collins is interesting. He's been getting a big uptick recently. It looks like he's starting to take over the job. The most interesting thing about him is though he's very involved in the pass game. Um, Virginia's big tight end, Woods, is out, so some of those targets are getting replaced, and I think Collins has taken him. So he's basically a receiver that plays running back. They'll give him a handful of carries. Maybe he'll voucher uh, – steal a goal line touchdown as well, but he's another basically guy that they throw to out of the backfield. At 4,600, his price is reasonable. On the Louisville side, this is the play. Jalen Mitchell at 4,600, lock it in. Here's my thought process, right? If you're going to take my strategy of, listen, playing quarterbacks at 9,700 is just too much, then the pivot would be go to Mitchell. They're going to run the ball some. 4,600 is really cheap for him. I mean, he's a good running back. This is a super, super budget uh, price point. Um, if he runs a few in and maybe takes away some of those rushing touchdowns from Cunningham at that price, that's going to be a great value. So I love Jalen Mitchell, especially if I'm not playing Cunningham, I'm definitely playing Mitchell. I'll probably have more Mitchell than Cunningham by the end of the week. Um, and then on the receiver end, there's a few guys you can you can play with Cunningham. You don't have to stack Cunningham. If you are insistent on playing Cunningham, you can play him solo. But the nice thing is he does have some – uh, more affordable options that you can pair with them. So if you wanted to pair him with – then his number one receiver is their tight end, which is uh, – I don't know why they don't – oh, here it is. Marshawn Ford at 4,800. He's the number one guy. He's the guy I would like to get most. 4,800 is not expensive. You can definitely squeeze him in. But Marshawn Ford is probably the one guy that I would play even without Cunningham. Um, maybe Watkins too. Jordan Watkins at 4,500 seems to have taken the step forward as a number one receiver. I think he's a little overpriced. They're not an explosive passing game. They're more reliant on running with Malik and then getting their kind of chunk passes as they can. Uh, Huggins Bruce is a big play guy. He's very hit or miss. I'm probably not going to be too interested there. Maybe I'll sprinkle on a little Justin Marshall because he's so affordable um, that, you know, you can make your lineups interesting, but very limited upside for Marshall. So my top two targets would be Watkins and Ford. I love trying to play Jalen Mitchell. And I really do love Malik Cunningham. It's just hard to stomach that number. With Armstrong, I love. Uh, Mike Collins is a fair price, but then a fair play. But then on the receiving end at Virginia, Wicks is their best receiver. I think 7K is a fair number. I'll be playing a good amount of Wicks. Uh, Billy Kemp, they just pepper with targets. Uh, the comparison, Billy Kemp's the under guy. He's the Wes Welker type, right? He was going to get a lot of catches. For DraftKings, that's fine because he can catch a ton of balls. So at 6,500, I'm – I'm, I'm up to to Kemp as well. I think Kemp should be a pretty safe play in this high-paced game. 
And then I, there's two budget receivers here that are more so in play than you can imagine. Keontae Thomas is is literally itching to break out. He's he's getting the targets at 4,600. He's gonna he's on the verge of a monster game, and I'm gonna be overexposed to him. Ready for it this week in this very very winnable matchup that he has. So I think Keontae Thomas might be the best value of all the receivers. And then Rayshon Henry for 3,300 is this is the value play of the week. I mean it's. 3,300, it's guys that you might be able to get a catch or two. This is a guy that's going to be involved in the offense. He's going to get at least five or six targets. And at the almost minimum salary, he probably is the the best value play at 3,300 I've seen this year. Now, as we move over, let's look at this Georgia-Auburn game. Obviously, with Georgia, this is going to be quick. Um, Anyone playing Georgia can't be played for fantasy, so that eliminates one team pretty quickly. Then we look at the Georgia side. This Georgia running game is splitting too many carries. You know, Cook at Demir White at six thousand is too expensive for them out there. They're sharing carries. Cook at forty four hundred is, is the way you could go because he's cheaper. They throw to him. So if you're going to play a, a budget back or, or try and save solid running back, James Cook could be an option. And um, you can go with Burton. Burton's been playing well. If you want to take take a shot on George's Burton, I think that's fine. But for the most part, I'd be honest with you, I'm really just not that interested uh, in this game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, low-paced game. Now, I think uh, my favorite game of the week is going to be this BSU-BYU game. So you know, everybody knows about the Louisville-Virginia game. People are talking about the Oklahoma-Texas game. This is the game that I like for DFS purposes. This is the one where I'm getting different. This is where I'm going to attack. I think both of these quarterbacks are in play. They're going to be two of my favorite quarterbacks of the week. Hank Bachmeyer at 7K with the amount they want to throw the ball is, is a great price, right? So this is where I'm saying I think Hank Bachmeyer can get close to some of these top-tier guys. He's not going to be as good, but like I said, he gets close. And then we can use that savings to find much better players in other positions. So I'm going to be playing Hank Bachmeyer heavily. Um, I'm going to fade the run game. Um, I think that they, this is a team that wants to throw and they're not looking to put the ball on the ground. And then they have a clear cut one, number one and two. It's Shakir's in a receiver. He's an absolute stud. I'm going to be very exposed to him and Stefan Cobbs, who just got back from injury. Um, they catches a lot of balls. Um, I think he's closer to Shakir as the number one than people give him credit for. I will be sprinkling in my share of both of these guys as, um, I think this is a game that's that, very, very sneaky shootout potential. The third option is Octavius Evans at 4,900. I definitely prefer Shakir and Cobb, but if there's a pivot you want to go to, Evans would be the next guy. On the BYU side, um, Jared Hall is their quarterback. He has a, he's a dual threat. He can run. He can throw. Um, he's definitely an upgrade from Romney who played last week. Um, his dual threat ability as a serious runner is going to make him super dangerous because he can run one in as well. My the, the Boise State has been pretty bad against the run, which is good for, for Hall, but it's also good for Algier, who's their top back. He's priced up. He's one of the more expensive backs on the slate, but you know we're finding our value elsewhere. I'm going to pay up. I think Algier is going to go completely off. He's probably my favorite play on the BYU side, but not by a wide margin. I, I will, I'm going to be, have plenty of spo- exposure to Algier as well as Hall, but probably won't play them both together. And then we can run uh, uh, Hall back with Romney as a stack. Romney's their number one receiver, I think, by a good margin. At 6K, I think you're getting a pretty good deal on him. So uh, I'm going to try and stack Romney, but you can just play Romney on his own. Romney's a, a really good player. They get him the ball a lot. 
So Romney will be someone I'll be looking to. And then if you want to get different here, um, uh, Puka Nakua and Neil Powell are the next two guys. I like Nakua more at 4,200 as I think they're closer to even, and I'll take the $1,000 in salary savings. But Powell had a monster game to start the year. He's certainly capable of going off. So all three of these guys are in play. I prefer Romney by a lot. My second option will probably be Nakua, but you can go with any of the, of the above. Now this week, um, Syracuse game is interesting for DFS purposes because there's just some interesting things to discuss. The first is um, Taj Harris, who's Syracuse's best receiver, was their best receiver, was probably their best player, uh, decided that he was transferring and leaving the, the program. So I don't know what happened there. Something happened. Uh, and they put in Jarrett Schrader, at quarterback. So we remember Tommy DeVito. He has been average at best for a few years now. I guess they're – I don't know if he got hurt or they're just done with him, but Garrett Schrader is the guy. And Schroeder went absolutely off for 100-some-odd yards and three touchdowns rushing. Rushing, not throwing, rushing last week. Now he's the quarterback. So he's basically just a running back that plays quarterback. So um, Wake Forest can be beat on the ground if you want to play Schrader. I'm, I'm okay with it. He's going to throw a little bit, but he's going to run a lot. He's not a good thrower. They don't have good receivers without Harris. So whatever you get in the passing game is a little bit of a bonus. Sean Tucker, you know, if you think about it this way, they're both running backs. They're probably going to – Tucker will probably get a few extra carries, but Schrader will get some passes. Schrader's cheaper than Tucker. So I'm not sure if that makes sense, right, because Tucker doesn't throw any touchdowns, but Schrader might. So I think Schrader's interesting for that reason. Tucker uh, is one of the few bell cow 25-plus 20, carry guys in the, in the country. Just don't play them together. It's hard, it's hard to imagine them both going off. I think one of them could have a big game, so just play one or the other. And then if you want to look at this passing game, uh, Queeley, I think, was either the target leader or second. Didn't do too much with it. Um, someone's got to replace these Todd Charis targets at 4,400, maybe. My favorite my favorite option here would be Courtney Jackson at 3,800. He had a really good game last week. He seemed to be the main number one guy in that game. I think Schrader liked going to him. So Courtney Jackson's the guy I would go to at 3,800 as my salary saver. On the Wake Forest side, uh, Sam Hartman finally showed us a good game, came alive. We saw the Sam Hartman we expected to see all year. I just think because of the way Syracuse offense runs, we're trying to run the ball and slowing the pace. It's not a good game environment for a team like, like Hartman. At 7,700, I think we could do better at quarterback. Uh, Beal Smith has just not shown us anything. He's starting to give more carries to Ellison. At 5,200, I see to see more from Beal Smith before we can start rostering him. Now, at receiver, um, there are, I think these, these Wake Forest receivers are in play. Uh, I still I want to go back to the Roberson well. I think he's the, still the number one guy. At 6,400, this price has come up, but not that dramatically, where I think he's still pretty affordable. So for a guy who I think can get targeted as much as Roberson might, I think 6,400 is a good number. He'll be my favorite receiver play here. Uh, Morton, they got way more involved last week. He got a huge game. But that was his first breakout I th- I'm not sure if that was the what's to be expected or maybe a, a flyer one-off game for him. At 4,900, he's affordable. If you want to go back to the well, you can. I'm not going to go too heavy there. I want to see him do it again. And then there's A.T. Perry, who seems to be the guy when they double Roberson that they that they go to. I'd be okay with Perry at 5,400. I think that price is fair. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, just play one of these guys. Obviously, don't try and get too heavy on this Wake Forest team. I think one of these guys go out, but definitely not all three. So, Pick your poison. Uh, Theo, welcome in. Thanks for joining. 
and Ivan. Um, yeah, I think Hartman and Perry is interesting. I don't think you need to play Hartman. I think you can just play Perry. I think there's better pairing or stacks we can make. Um, I think Hartman is just a little too pricey for me. But, yeah, if you really like Hartman, I have nothing opposed to that. And if I were going to do a stack like that, to be honest with you, I'd probably double stack Hartman because you would need him to be so good that I could see two of these guys going off. So I, I, you could even stack Hartman with Perry and Roberson or Morgan or, or something along those lines. Now, let's take a look at this Wisconsin-Illinois game. So this Wisconsin team is slow-paced. They want to run the ball, and they have a really good defense. So there's nothing much to report about Illinois. Uh, they're not great. There's not, I would say there's, there's no one on this team that even catches my eye that I'd even consider playing. So Illinois is a complete fade. And then you look at Wisconsin. They should be able to score. I, they don't want to throw. I know people were trying to say, oh, Graham Hurts is going to break out. I just don't see it anymore. It's, it's hard to think Graham Mertz is going to bring out. At 5,400, if you're a believer, he's cheap enough where he'd be worth a shot. But I just don't see the upside. He hasn't broken 10 points in a game. So uh, even if he does have a game, what's he in at 15? Like how, high, how good can he be? So I'm out on Mertz. I think Malusi's interesting. They try to get him the ball a lot. I would have preferred Malusi a little cheaper. At 5,800, I think it's a little too high for him. But if you really like Wisconsin in a blowout, he's probably the guy to go to. Where you can get interesting here is in the receivers. I think uh, they really adjusted the price here on some of these guys, especially Jake Ferguson, who is an NFL tight end. This is a guy who was probably their best player coming into the year. He's been pretty disappointing. They peppered him with targets week one. He had a good week one. hasn't done much since. He has been hurt. Uh, from what I hear, he's healthy now. At 3,600 for an NFL wide receiver in a game that should be a blowout, yeah, we can throw a few shares in there. I think uh, it's just too good a price. I don't like this game script, but I certainly like – an NFL receiver, an NFL tight end at that price. So a few shares for, for Ferguson. And the best receiver here is, is Davis at 4K. He's certainly affordable enough. If he catches a big play, he can make value. I would play Davis because they made him so cheap. They've adjusted his price to be correct. So you can play him because of the price adjustment. But, again, I don't love the game environment. This could be a slow-paced game. So you're banking on the, the Wisconsin blowout. Maybe he catches one or two, which, which he could. And at 4K, that would certainly exceed value. The last game on the slate is Penn State and Iowa. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to play anyone against Iowa this year. They have an elite defense. They look awesome. Uh, I wouldn't play Clifford. I definitely wouldn't play the running backs on Penn State. It's a running back. The running game has been a mess. The only guy I would probably consider here is Dotson, just because this guy's awesome. And, you know, he might just be that level of talent that, you know, exceeds a really good defense. But at 7,300 against an Iowa team, I think we could probably do better. If you want to look up to the Iowa side, um, probably don't want to go with Petras because I think it will be a lower-scoring game. I can understand you wanting to play Goodson. I think Ivan's saying Goodson might be my favorite running back on this slate. That's interesting. I've been having to disagree with you on that one. I don't dislike Goodson. I just think this is a slower-paced game. Iowa can get stops. I want to look deeper into the Penn State. Actually, we can do that right now. Let's do that. Let's look at it. How has Penn State been against the run? 80th. That's not bad. Um, yeah, at 6,700, Ivan, I'm going to have to say he's in play. I wouldn't say you can't play him, but I wouldn't make him my favorite on the slate. I think it's a little price, a little too high for a pretty good Penn State run defense. I don't see how this Iowa team, with as good of a defense as they had, this turns into a shootout. So I would say you can play Goodson, but I wouldn't go overweight. And then at the receiver end, um, 
I think Sam Laporta, their tight end, is interesting. They, they like to throw him the ball. He gets a lot of targets. He can meet value because he might get five or six catches. And if he scores a touchdown, that's gravy. So I think Laporta's in play. But other than Laporta, I, I wouldn't look at any of these receivers at all. Their passing game is not very strong. Uh, if you were to go somewhere on the Iowa side, I, I would agree it would be Goodson. I think Goodson would have been way sexier at 6K or 5,500 at 6,700. He's definitely in play, but I wouldn't be one of my favorite backs, unfortunately. That's a wrap for um, that's a wrap for the show, for this slate. I think I broke down everyone. If you have any more questions, shoot one in now. I'll try and get to it before we, we finish up here. But the, the breakdown for today is basically um, you got to be on the Virginia-Louisville game. You got to like some shares of the Maryland-Ohio State game. Uh, and I really like this Boise State BYU game. So those are going to be the three games I'm going to be heavily targeting and funneling my shares through. Uh, and then after that, there's some ancillary targets. But I think what's nice about this week is there's three to me clear favorite games to target to get our plays from, and then we can pick our spots from there. Uh, that's a wrap. Good luck tomorrow. Let's keep this heater alive. Uh, we've been off to a really good start. If you've been watching the show and playing, you should have been probably making a good amount of money. And we're going to run it back again. I would like four. If you listen to the show weekly, come back next week. Come in the chat. Let me know how much you won. Let me know how your week was. Uh, and we can discuss uh, getting back after it again next week. Good luck, team.